0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the flake all right i'm joined by my friend my companion my doe he's a staple to the call of duty scene okay. done a lot of work at face clan he's over there at esports engine now doing his fucking thing no. you guys already know who he is the one the only benji the scene how you doing ben
1: I'm doing good, Tom. Nice day in Columbus. Unfortunately, wish I could be in Dallas this week with everybody enjoying Major 4. Heard things are going great over there, uh, but excited to hop on today. I think we're gonna, this is what we're going to do, what, five back-to-back shows. We're starting with the preview today. We'll do one each day this week for the show. Excited to talk about uh, a few things that happened to last lasted our show on Sunday. Uh, and also get our predictions in for this weekend
0: yeah we got a lot to talk about man a lot to talk about thought it was a good day to have a show you know you contacted me i got that to you we talked about some things and we thought we had a, definitely a lot to talk about so you know we're excited to do, uh, bring the yeah. show to you guys today we also got tactical Rab joining us today on the show this is a surprise to me ben uh, ben reached out we got we got tactical Rab on the show so tactical Rab, how you doing all right guys back in business i mean <laughs> oh, wow yeah. it's it's good to be
2: back on the show man it's been a while like i've been i don't know i was trying to Find some time to get on a couple, but the time zones aren't always so easy. These pre-shows are great for me, you know. Still, oh, I live yeah. on my time. It's been a cracking day. It's been mm-hmm. boiling hot here. I like Just, that. Uh, Gone back swimming for the first couple of times. Absolutely hossing up and down the pool. Um, <laughs> I so, like that you, tactical you know, rap. You know the vibe, man. It's beautiful. Uni's over. I graduate officially next month. About this time exactly <laughs> oh, congrats, next Congrats,
0: man. Congratulations. Uh,
2: I get the hat or whatever whatever they do. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, thanks very much.
1: and gown. That's so, phenomenal, um, yeah.
2: Full-time content creator life, baby. Oh, shit. The it. full-time
0: content's coming out from tactical rap, ladies and gentlemen. We love to see that because we do love the contact tactical rap. Uh, it is fucking hot. You're right on that. I'm in Texas right now. It's about 100 degrees. Me and my girlfriend, we went to the zoo. A gorilla flipped me off. Fucking the giraffes <laughs> were giving me attitude. I was in my fucking mind. It was hot <laughs> as fuck. Guys,
1: I was sweating bullets. Yeah, welcome to Texas in the summer, Thomas. Someone that lived there for like uh, six it years. Was it was fucking brutal,
0: hot. It was hot as fuck. But what are you going to do? You know, uh, I actually had uh, breakfast this morning with Attach and his mom it was it was me uh kim uh obviously dylan and then michaela came as well and we we brought okay. gizmo we brought that's the a little point. guy and hey we we just hung out you know had some breakfast it was nice to catch up with those uh those guys you know i love them they're like family to me you know what i'm saying so you know it was great to to go out have some breakfast i was up early guys you know i wanted to see kim before she left and it was super early so you know it took a little nap during the day now we're feeling pretty good guys we actually hit 10,000 followers on the Flame Twitter. Can we get a link in a chat? I appreciate all the love support.
1: What is the worst photo of me? That picture is fire, Ben. Okay, that picture's guys, fucking go, listen, fire. Listen, listen, guys. It has come to my attention. <laughs> it has come to my attention that there yep. is not a lot of good photos of me on the internet. That's slightly intentional because I haven't taken a lot of good headshots. Ben. I, we're gonna we're gonna fix that. That photo. That's a fucking stupid photo. Ben, but I've been we'll be trying try to rock. get
0: you to take photos. Tactical rap. I've been trying to get him to take photos. You know, just for <laughs> thumbnails and, and and Twitter posts and all kinds of shit. He won't do it. He never does it. And yeah, then we
1: gotta now use now pictures I, like this because this is I, all we I, I, got. Listen, I got a nice fresh haircut. You see, like the facial hair is good now. Oh, got, okay, like, Ben. We're good. Um, listen, I'm gonna take some good photos before the next major, <laughs> and then you and I, Tom, you and I gotta do like <laughs> I a group photo shoot. Oh, Mom, oh
0: shit, Tom, you and I gotta
1: do like a group photo shoot. Like me and you gotta do like a duo photo shoot for these like, I mean, images. Ben, I'm
0: down. You just don't wanna take photos. You never wanna but take fucking We're not fucking in the same state,
1: so we gotta fix that first, and then we can do it. I'll make a phone call to your, to your boss. Texas, good.
0: I'll talk to Adam at, at I'll give him a call. We'll see what we can do. All Maybe right, we can enough, ske- schedule bet. a photo shoot or something.
1: It's, well, he's on vacation right now, so it might be hard to reach. Okay,
0: well, that's not good. That's definitely not good. Guys, you can I... Call, you
1: can call him next week, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll call him next week. Listen, we'll get it going. All right, I'm not worried about it. I appreciate the subs coming in, but let's, got, let's get right into it, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got a lot of yep. fucking shit. The first thing start. I want to talk about, let's start with Crim6. You know, it's already yeah. here. Um... So, Krim obviously came out. A lot of the Hook shit came... Right, Hook made the fucking video. Everybody's all up in arms. People started talking about, you know, everything, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. We already talked about it. Um, But Krim6, he finally came out and made a statement. I thought it was very weird that none of the Dallas players said a word. Nobody said a word when Hook came out and made that video. So, I thought it was interesting that Porter came out and said something. Um, And he's not going to say anything too much yet. He's going to wait till after the major. Obviously, he has a lot to to focus on and, and do. But he came out and he said... I was willing to take the flak from everyone if the other option was explaining our decision in detail and potentially ruining Kyler's chances of getting on another CDL team. But there comes a point where you need to stick up for yourself and for the sake of your team. Upon seeking advice from people I respect in the gaming community, public relations, and legal entities, I will be addressing the decisions we've made regarding our roster changes with Hook sometime next week after the Major. Tactical Rab, we'll start with you, big guy. Dude, I mean,
2: this is just, oh, I don't know. I get it was brewing, right? Like something like this. Because the surprise to me was that who came out and said all this stuff in like the 33 minute video. And so, I mean, the implications are insane. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of like, I mean, a lot of what he said against Dallas was pretty serious accusations about how, like, you know, he his mental health wasn't necessarily in the best spot. No one was reaching out to him mm-hmm. from the organization side as well. Mm -hmm. i thought it was interesting when initially they like dallas did a video right And it was like we're proud of you hook and it was hastro and rambo and they talked for like three minutes and they reiterated how the decision was made for gameplay reasons and how they were proud of hook kind of revealing what he said and making the positive changes in his life but i did think it was strange they didn't address any of the you know that the accusations from hook that they hadn't Discussed with him, and then of course we hear the rumors about. Well, we hear he's talking about the rumors that are coming out, and it, to me it was strange at the time. No one addressed that, and I felt like some sort of addressing was necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Crim's the one to do it, people are obviously going to look at this and say, "Oh, well, Crim Six is this shows that he is, you know, responsible for it or whatever." People will certainly look at that and read into it that way, but. I don't know what you think on this, Ben. I mean, I'm just excited for the video, to be honest.
0: Yeah, me too. I think the video will tell a lot, but uh you know, Ben, we'll let you get your opinions. I think the main thing for me is just you know get two sides of every story, right? I mean, who could come yeah. out and say a whole bunch of shit? Um, and Krim could say out and come out and say a whole bunch of shit. And I don't know if this video from Krim Six is gonna prove his case or not, but we'll see what he comes out with, and we'll see what he has to say. But Ben, what are your thoughts?
1: I have a lot of thoughts here. My here first thought is there we go. So so let's <laughs> let's take one angle before we talk about the statement. You know, Dallas has made multiple attempts to sort of correct the record here, so to speak, about the whole hook situation. There are a couple of quotes they had in uh, articles that their uh, beat writer for the Dallas Morning News has put out. There was the Hastro video. There was a time Rambo tried to come on the show and then canceled on us. And now this. And the collection of all of those items is interesting to me uh, in a sense that it seems like they're very much on the back foot uh and the reason for that is they're trying to respect the space they're giving to kyler not trying to you know go too much at him to try to poke holes in the story tyler puts out the video last week we've all seen the memes and jokes on twitter and reddit Kyler didn't name anybody in his video in regards to the dallas stuff but then reddit took it another direction they figured it was about Krim. And I think now Krim feels like he's got to say something. Personally, I think Krim putting out this statement that he's going to put out a video was a tactical mistake on his part. And I think it's that way for a couple of reasons. First reason is the statement itself. Uh, Generally, when you put these things out, you want to try and... Be specific, but also vague as to not lead to additional fault questions about your statement. So one line here that I thought was interesting is upon seeking the advice from the people I respect in the gaming community, public relations, and legal entities. (laughs) You should never be exposing whether or not you're talking to legal counsel. You should leave that to the side. I thought that was an interesting ad from him. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. The second thing is the timing here. They are going this weekend playing a very very important tournament for the team. It's the first land event in the year. Dallas is not particularly in a fantastic spot in the standings, i.e. teams of their caliber want the top two seeds so you can get that by. Uh, They need to do well in this tournament. And everything that he will say in that video will be framed in the context of how they do this weekend. So, from my POV, like, I don't see an issue with Krim saying, hey, like, I want to put out a video and speak mine on, like, the situation. Like, that is fair. He's entitled to do it and sort of address the situation. I don't think, though, he should have put out a statement this week to say that he's putting out a video next week. To me, that seems like a mistake.
0: hmm I mean, this is all very confusing to me. Um, obviously, we hear things, and, you know, we see, we saw what Hook had to say. Yeah. Obviously, Krim has some problems with the situation, and, again, it sounds like there's two sides to every story, so... I think for the main thing Ben, why, why does it matter if he talks about legal entities like what why do you think that's such a big deal
1: i mean it just opens up more questions that you don't need people to ask mm-hmm. so, like, you think, again, so, you, again, so
0: you're saying it leads to some people are starting to think there's something more serious than there actually wh- is what is
1: going on here is Krim's trying to have the last word which is fine there's a he said she said going on here i'm sure there's particulars uh and like i know he went into Draza chat yesterday and said a bunch of stuff as well like he's clearly trying to address certain parts of the story. Mm-hmm. But when you open up and you include that word legal entities, people ask questions like, does he feel like he there might be a defamation issue here? Because it's on both sides. He may feel like Hook has said some things um, that have repercussions for Dallas, or he's worried that he may say things that affect collars Uh, future employment and therefore Kyler could sue him for defamation Mm -hmm. these are not questions that people should be or need to be asking and that's why I felt like it was a mistake on his part to put this statement out if he had put out a video next week that said like you know here's my story like fine like that is totally understandable but I do think like him going out yesterday and saying that this is coming is just gonna lead to this whole build up next week like let's say they go to this event and get top six is he still gonna put out the video Because people are going to think it's sort of an apology Monday, Tuesday type situation where he's just trying to deflect from the fact of how they played this weekend. Like That's why I think he didn't really think three or four steps ahead here.
0: Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, we could talk in circles about this, right? I mean, I I think you hit it right on the nose, Ben. I I mean, there's really not much for me to add on. Other than I'm just waiting to hear the other side of the story. To be honest, I don't know why Crimson Twitch Chat's talking about it. I I personally think he should just stay quiet about it and just not... You know, if Krim feels like he needs to defend himself, I respect it. You know, go out and defend yourself and, and let people know, you know, what's gays and what's not. Well, um, but
1: here, here's my issue, Tom. So look yeah. at this image you brought up, right? And for our audio listeners, Krim was in Draza's chat, I believe is where this is from. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. And he was responding to someone in the in the chat Mm -hmm. uh, and said, I literally almost crashed my Porsche going out of the way to call him a kick hook mid stop and go traffic to ask him what is going on. Think about that. And he asked the person he was talking to in chat. I almost got physically injured. Ruined one of my passions outside of gaming. We all know that that Porter is a big fan of his cars, took a financial hit just to make sure he is okay." So my issue with this is it's a very sensitive issue and he's making it about himself which is a tremendous mistake on his part. It's a very sensitive issue, and clearly there was team mechanics at play. But he's squeezing in this, like, slight... I, he just... You want to... Like, the issue in these situations is you want to show empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And both statements to me lack that. And I also think that as a whole, Dallas's response to the hook situation has lacked those two things. Mm-hmm. I have gone through the two... The quotes that they have given in the articles I sent to Dallas Morning News and their statement and i felt like from reading all those they haven't given a thorough direct apology to the dallas fans for what they've dragged them through over the last few months
0: mm-hmm. i would like to i would love to see them come out and say a little bit more obviously yeah. they're just going to wait till after the major right i mean they're going to wait they feel like they have to focus on that for now um i don't know why it took them why couldn't they just say anything as soon as hook made the video why didn't they just come together and make a video before the major? you know what i'm saying well, why not just address it beforehand um, uh, maybe just they just thought they didn't have the time or what? But, you know, i don't I don't think it would took take that long, maybe like thirty minutes out of their day to make a video.
1: You don't um, want to be playing defense when you're doing PR. You need to control the story and control the narrative. And they've, throughout this whole situation, let Hook and the community dictate the terms of which they're addressing. I just feel like it's a learning lesson for many people around the org. Like this is obviously not an easy situation. Hook is a cornerstone Dallas players, contributed to their vast wrist hit shirt Rich history, both in Call of Duty, but in other games as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were obviously sensitive to not want to try and, like, poke the bear there. But they have let this go on. So now along for – they've let this go – wow, butchering all my words. They've gone on for so long without really addressing this in detail, to the actual points that Hook has made. uh, And everything they addressed in their video, if they miss out any points, it's going to spawn questions. Why didn't you address X? Why didn't you address Y? It's just – Getting the last word is tricky here when they haven't really said the terms of the engagement. So, I'm curious what Krim's actually going to say in his video.
0: Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting that, that Rambo bailed on the show. Listen, yeah. Rambo reached out to me. Rambo, he re- he was the one who reached out, messaged me, and said, Yo, this is my number. Give me a call. I want to talk to you. And he said it like that, too. He DM'd me he said, he his number, and he said, Give me a call. I said, "I responded back. I said, Is everything okay? He said, Yeah, everything's fine. Just give me a call. I said, Okay. I gave him a call. I said, What's up, Rambo? He, uh, he said he was down to come on a show. He wanted to talk about why they, they made the change, why they got rid of Kyler, kind of where their thoughts were going with the team. And I said, this is all perfect. I think that's what everybody wants to know. You know, why did you guys drop a superstar player as a top three team? We're all very curious. You know, we're all very curious about that. Um, and then a couple days go by. I'm promoting the show. I start tweeting out graphics and stuff. I got it all going. I'm thinking it's going to be the fucking a uh, good ass show, right? I'm excited to do it. I think Rambo's a good guy. He knows how to talk. Um, and I also think he's a good coach, so I thought it would be an interesting show. Um, and then the last minute, he bails. He bails, and you got to think, Ben. I don't think it was Rambo who bailed. I think somebody got. Uh, I think. I think somebody saw the wrong thing. I think somebody in that company or somebody over there in Dallas saw my tweets and saw that we were doing a show and probably shut it down. Um, so I'm curious to know as to why, because what is like? I don't. I feel like there's something secretive here. Like I feel like something's being hidden from us, and I don't understand what it is.
1: Well, they may not want to get in a super tit-for-tat with Hook, which I totally understand. Like, it is going to always be sort of a he-said-he-said he said situation, uh, and they're trying to avoid that. But yeah, I yeah. would have liked to have gotten Rambo's perspective. He's a pretty level-headed guy. Yeah. He's pretty smart. I think he would have been pretty transparent with us on what happened. He's not like shifty in that nature. So I think there's more to come here. I'm curious what Krim said. Krim, if you're watching this too, you're very welcome to come on the show as well after the major. I know he will, he will. Have a week off and kind of talk this through. We're, we're happy to kind of step through and, and give you context and a platform to really speak to what happened here because I'm sure you want to tell your side of the story.
0: I mean, and, and that's another thing. Listen, I see a lot of people spamming L6 and, and Lempire and this and that. Listen, i'm all for it right everybody can watch the hook video and and really hate them and, and say whatever now i'm not agreeing with it like i i personally want to hear two sides to both so i want to hear everything i want to hear everything um and then go from there ben you're echoing i want to hear Sorry. everything but um the thing is is it's understandable to be to, to go towards hook side a little bit with how things have been going just because you know dallas has been very quiet their responses really haven't been too great um but i think after the major when they actually address it and come out and make a video and tell things from their side of the story we'll be able to you know give a a little bit more of an opinion but i think for now i think a lot of people should hold you know their their opinions or whatever to themselves until we hear both sides of the story i think that's the main problem these days is you know somebody comes out and says one thing and everybody believes it. And I'm not saying that Kyler's lying at all. Absolutely not. I, I I have a feeling that Kyler was saying all the right things and was being truthful in his statement. But we don't know every little detail weekly. We don't know every little tiny thing. There'll
1: be times, Tom, where they're both gonna disagree about the framing or the context yeah. of the conversation. And we're mm-hmm. missing a lot of those. Where where they may or Hakuk may have felt like it went one way, but the team and Krim felt the other way. So I think there's more to come here. And uh, very curious um, where Krim's gonna go with it. Um, I don't know if there's much else to say. Nah, there's we not. See the video. We're Yeah, It's some uh, fire takes uh, from you, Ben. Yeah, Benny, you were on a oh, fucking you.
0: roll. You, you fumbled a couple words at the end, but you were on fire. <laughs> oh, thank you. You were I, on I mean, fire, big guy.
1: I mean, it just, I just, I had, I had to get that off my chest, man. I, I, I've, I've yeah. been sitting on no, that for respect, a while. I respect you, man. I respect it. I, I know we've always joked about Krim not coming on the show. We'd love to have him, Rambo, come on the show, speak to sort of the journey of their team this year. In uh, this story, in particular, I think that perspective. I think the community definitely wants it. Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody said, "Tom, you were all in on Kyler's story last flank." I was never all out. I was never out of it. I I think that what Kyler's saying was truthful. I don't think Kyler like lied or, or anything in his story. Like I I feel like it's a pretty valid story, and I think Dallas just deserves an opportunity to come out and say their side of the story. That's all I'm saying. I, this I is
2: think... what I don't get though. Like, <laughs> yeah, I could go on if you wanna finish. But no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it's what we've been talking about, Dallas's mm-hmm. side of the story. Like, is this Dallas's side of the story? Is this Krim's side of the story? That's what right. I don't understand about this True. whole thing. It's mm-hmm. like they had a chance when every other team, Thieves have made so many changes, obviously none as high profile as this, but every mm-hmm. single time they've made a change, they've at least come up publicly and said, look, this is what we've done this is why we've done it. This is the explanation. And we can talk whether that, like, is fully accurate or whether there's other things going on. But at least they make an attempt. All the other teams do the same thing. The coach, Well, not all the other teams, but Rocker have done it. LAG have done it. They sit down with the camera. They explain the decision. That's how it goes. Like, clearly, there was something going on with the hook situation here. And now we're talking about legal entities. And, like, so many questions. Great for me. But so mm-hmm. many questions are being discussed around it. And it's like, okay, so now Dallas are Dallas going to come out with a proper statement? They did the Hastro and Rambo video, didn't really say anything. Rambo just sat there, you know, talked about how they benched him for reasons. As you say, maybe he could have come on the show. And are Krims going to give his side? But then it's like, is Dallas going to vet what Krim is saying? Does that represent what Shotzi and Illy think about the situation? Because HOOK also talked about them in his video. The fact that, yeah, they were like the same age as him. He was very responsible for them getting a spot on that team. To my understanding, it was like, Hook is the main man at NB, has been for years, and he was like, all right, I think Shotzi and Ili are going to be great pieces of a team that can win championships, and... I think it was a big reason as to why they get in that team. And yep. now you've got this situation with radio silence from those guys. Crim's the one coming out and taking the flak and doing the public video or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just so disjointed, right? It, it's it's crazy how much
0: of a mess and, this and, has and, become. And that's a great point, Rob, because I said the same shit to Ben uh, a fucking week ago. Not not really exactly what you just said, but I said, why the fuck does Alien Shotzi get a pass? Why the fuck are these kids getting passes? Why, why is everybody talking about Krim? It's the whole fucking team. Why? I don't give a fuck if these guys are new guys. I don't care who they are. Like, Illy, Shotzi, cool. They could have been friends with Kyler. I thought they were best friends with Kyler. I thought they were best friends with him.
1: was was a thing the for, The fucking
0: like, XCO. So, when Tactical Rap said that, I remember I said that to you last week, Ben, when we were talking about it. And it's just like, once you said that, Rapper, you know, it's a good point. I forgot to mention that. Why the fuck are Shotzi and Illy getting a pass? Why is nobody talking about them? If anything, Crim should sit down with Dilly and Rambo and Hastro They should line the fuck That's up on a fucking couch with a with a video camera. Listen, and I don't give a fuck if the players don't like doing content because I know some of these young guys they don't want to go in front of the camera. Tough shit. Listen, this is some serious shit. And who came out and he said some some stuff, and now you guys got to come out and defend yourself. Uh, at the end of the day, I just don't know why the rest of them are getting passes I, I don't know why this is all just on Krim's shoulders like Krim 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 What about fucking the other there's there's what Krim just controls every every move on a team because that's not my, true
1: My guess Tom is that he's part of this is, is there's been a lot of Community chatter and jokes and he feels like he needs to correct the record specifically about him because those jokes were about him so Mm-hmm that's I don't know. that's my guess and why he's doing why he's waiting until now to do he's I respect him for just trying to kind of move on and not really address it, but clearly he feels at this point and he's entitled to to sort of address a lot of the the memes and chatter in the community and sort of give his side of the story. Well,
0: I mean that the, pa- the the giving like why are we giving hook and whatever I was just saying about Ilian and Shati, like giving them a pass, like that comes mostly from the fans. I mean everybody's attacking attacking Krim, but not attacking anybody else. Listen, at the end of the day I want the whole Dallas Empire team and, and including the coaching and, and then and everybody to come out and make a video together I don't see why Krim would just come out and do it by himself they should all sit down and explain what was going on from their end and kind of why they went through with the change and, and just explain it mm-hmm. um, and then everything that Hook said they need to talk about it because right now we hear one side of every story and it doesn't look that good so they got to come out and they got to say their side of the story and then we'll go from there but we've been talking in circles so we can move on to the next point fucking decimate this fucking guy's on New York now <laughs> He went to this team, he went to Seattle, they lost a match, he left, he said, fuck them, they suck. He goes back to Challengers, then New York, they have trouble with Asim and his visa, they can't get him over to the States. They need to start looking for other players. You know, I put my resume in, but they thought this fucking guy was better. So they picked up Decimate. Uh, What do you think, Ben?
1: Well, I think this is a very, so there's two sides to this. There's there's the glass half full, glass half empty on this. Glass half empty is they were playing very well with Asim, and they're going to go to this major event. We'll get to our predictions later in the show. And Asim was a huge part of their system in basically enabling what everybody else on the team does. If you watch them play, Asim does a lot of the dirty work. It sets up Clay to be very aggressive when they are. It sets up Hydra to be very aggressive uh, with the sub. And Mac kind of working off all of the pieces, uh, and I'll be. V- and Desi's not that kind of like dirty work player traditionally, so I think there's going to be some disconnect. It also Asim like, from my understanding, was their strat caller in S and D. So there's a lot of things they're going to have to fill out. The glass half full side of this, Tom, is that they have a lot of young guys who haven't really played a land with like this much pressure before, so they're now going to have a chance to go to this event with no expectations. Obviously, they're wanting to lock in a top two seed. So they really kind of need to win one series here, assuming that Toronto gets top two, so they can kind of still stay in the running for that second spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the kind of two perspectives of it. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that.
0: Well, one, guys, I see people on Reddit and shit and, and Twitter, and, and people just probably aren't in the loop. But Asim did not get benched. He he had a visa issue um, and he cannot travel. And obviously, it's, you know, New York is working uh, day in and day out to try and get the kid over to the States. Um, but it's not an easy process, and it and it takes a while. So, um, they're working as hard as they can to get him here. But he did not get benched. Uh, so New York had to go out and had to try and find a replacement player, um, and they asked a lot of people. I think at first a lot of these amateur players were saying no, which is absolutely ridiculous. If you are an amateur player and you are saying no to a top three team in the league, for where you can go to a land event and make a fucking name for yourself, you are a pussy.
1: Yeah, it's, you, it's different with, like, Seattle or LAG or Paris or London. Like, I understand that. But, like, there's a lot of time. No, you're a your bitch. Team, no, you're a bitch. You're a bitch. Okay. You're a straight
0: bitch. If, if you don't take the fucking opportunity. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but to, go ahead. If you don't take the fucking opportunity to play for a top three team and make a name for yourself, then why the fuck are you playing COD? Get the fuck out. Quit and don't ever come back. Because you, clearly you don't got the balls to, be, to fly on the fucking big stage. You don't. I can't believe, I couldn't believe Clay tweeted out that the amateurs are saying no. Who the fuck do you think you are? Have fun playing in challenges for the rest of your life, because you won't see a pro team, at least not with New York. If you said no to New York, you will never see that team. Never. So don't ever expect to join that fucking team. Uh, but that, I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Now, Decimate. Listen, brother, if you lose the first map, you got to stay on stage. I just got to let you know that. All right. I need to make sure that this kid's all fucking in and that his ego is fucking dropped because he's joined the top three team. So I want to make sure that this guy comes in, practices with the squad, goes fucking yeah. hard, and gives it all that he's got on the fucking table. And he goes in and he tries really fucking hard. And if they lose, I don't want to hear fucking nothing coming from the kid's mouth about, oh, no, no, no. They need to go in. They're a top three team, decimate. Obviously, you know, I'm going to cut him some slack because it is difficult to come into a team and just get thrown into that tournament atmosphere, especially with New York because New York is a very interesting team. I mean, you have Clay, who's a vet. You have Matt, who's a young And You have Paco, who's from another country. You have Asim, who who's very young. It, it's just a weird atmosphere, and he's replacing a very, very important player. And I know that Asum's my guy, but listen, this guy's unselfish and he does a lot for that team, um, regardless of what you see in the scoreboard. Which he does they drop might good have stats, a but
1: big reality check this weekend if they have to play with Decime. like. And I, I think mean... that's good I think that's good for them if they go to this event, and they struggle. It speaks volumes about their system and the vulnerabilities, and it will force them to play a little bit more unselfish because I think part of, that's part of the problem in a game of like control and why they have struggled all year, because they don't really play well often sometimes in those situations around each other, which is also weird because that's how they play S&D. They forehand a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some certain things that New York needs to work on, we've talked about it on the show. And without ASIM, it'll kind of come bare on land, and we'll set them up. Listen, there's, they're not in danger of not making champs. Are they in danger of getting a, a second seed? Yeah, I mean, they could still do well at the next event and and be in a good spot for it. If Toronto ends up winning this event and New York doesn't win a series, they're going to slip and be quite a few points behind. So they're going to kind of take that destiny out of their hands, so to speak. Uh, But I I don't think this is necessarily a terrible thing. And on the JT side, if he's willing to kind of grind and do the dirty work and sort of pick up the pieces and what's ever needed for the team, like they've got a very interesting round matchup, up, and then from there, I think they can they can make some noise here.
0: Yeah, well, I think Decimate's a good player. I don't think he's a bad player. I think I, I actually do think he's a really good player. Um, and I and I think the only thing that worries me about Decimate, and it's not him individually, it's just the the system that he's being brought into. He's very different to Asim, in terms of like you know, I thought they were gonna reach out to maybe somebody who kind of played a little bit more like Asim, um, but Decimate is more of that like slow, methodical. Like he's not like Asim. And there's not many like Asim where he's just kind of. It's like a
2: Doug Sensor Martin,
0: dude. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I mean you need Doug Senter Martin. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know me, I love Doug. You know what I'm saying? If you throw Doug in there, it would have been nice. But uh, I think Decimate's a great player. I just don't know if it's gonna work with the system that we have going at New York. So we'll we'll see. And they can obviously make some changes and adapt a little bit to Decimate's play style. So that's why I'm, it, you know. We'll see how it goes. I, I don't think it's going to be easy for New York. I think they're going to be tested this week, uh, this weekend. Um, and it sucks. It's bad timing for everything because I would have loved to see Ace with those guys on land and just see what they're capable of doing, you yep. know, but Rab, what do you think of Decimate?
2: Yeah, it's super unfortunate the Asim stuff. Like, I hope they get it figured out soon. I think this is a great shot for Desi there, right? Like, you're coming back in here. Everyone's talking trash right now. And for good reason, you could argue. But this is this is a great chance for him, right? Just as you're saying yeah. to him, right? Like, yeah. About, about the bitches in the amp scene. I, you know, what way you can look at it? Because, I mean, yeah, some people, I suppose, turn down this opportunity. Decimate comes in. It's the chance to redeem himself, right? He comes in here. He puts on a great show. In, he drops big numbers. He gets New York over a couple of series that they needed him in. Mm-hmm. And then, all right, people are looking at Decimate. Okay, yeah, fair enough. You actually can be part of a, a competent CDL team for next season. Yeah. Um, so big opportunity, I think, that Desi's found himself in here to um to make something happen. The other side, I think, is... I would say like the clay side of things, because when you've got Clay on a team, you like he can just get numbers or get great levels out of anyone that joins his team in a heartbeat, I think. Mm-hmm. Like we saw it when Hydra joined the team almost immediately. One of the top players in the game, obviously Hydra's phenomenal, yeah. but I think that there's an element of the way Clay leads a team and the way he structures a team and the amount of experience he has that he can just switch the team on the fly and help decimate fit in and and feel comfortable and and perform well so i think that there's a couple of elements here that i i think there's is certainly a good opportunity for desi at the same time i do agree that asim incredibly important player to that squad also they've got a tough bracket so there's a couple of things that I didn't think they were going to make the finals of this major anyway. I'm pretty sure they've officially now secured their champ. Obviously, they're going to be at champs anyway, but I think, like, Mm -hmm. technically, they cannot get overtaken anymore. So, like, they're the second team to have accomplished that along with FaZe. But, of course, the second, you know, the the seeding is still a concern for them. And there's so many points up for grabs at the major. Um, If you, like, make finals, you get, like, 50 points or something. So, there's a lot in it.
0: Yeah, we'll see how it does.
1: And then then the other other side of that, too, is, like, um, you know, they're... They if they don't make the finals of this event, then they're going to be a little bit down the pecking order when the groups get drawn for stage five. So instead of ending up in Toronto's group, for example, they might end up in Phases' group. So there's a lot of play here. I'm very curious to see how New York does uh, with JT. Um, you know, I think, Tom, at this point, you want to just kind of move to predictions? We can kind of, like, get into it. Yeah, and we just can go to predictions the and,
0: and some of the questions. But, I mean, one thing I will say about Decimate, this guy calls himself the homelander of challengers. And I'm going to be honest, he is the homelander of challengers. This guy would be frying down there. So I just want to see him doing it the big stage now. Um, and I, I just don't want to see any excuses. You know, I just want to see what he's got. just want to see what the kid's got. And I, I think he's a very good player. So good luck to him. Good luck to Decimate. Good luck to, to New York. I saw, I saw people asking in the chat what happens if New York wins this event. I mean, if, if they win this event, we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Should, we'll, I'll be mind blown
1: if they do, but if they do, like... I mean, I if, know, if they do, then we'll have to come back and
0: revisit this conversation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, we'll we'll come back and, and we'll talk about it. Guys, why the fuck do you guys keep saying TJ tweet?
1: God, guys, did we get it. TJ tweeted Twitter longer... And in a Twitter longer, which Crim Six is fat. Like we got it. He I don't drawing. understand. What the fuck?
0: Important. Please read from TJ. We're gonna click on it. Got on loads, it. loads of likes, look at that. And it says Prim Six is fat.
1: Yeah. Uh, we you, got, it, guys. you guys
0: have been spamming this shit since I fucking started the show. TJ tweet. TJ tweet. TJ. Guys, we all know Crim Six is fat. My God. Uh, but hey, we, we're gonna go into some predictions. I know Ben. He has a bracket made for us. Uh, yeah, did you make this bracket, Ben? Yeah, I made this bracket. Okay, let's take a look. Let's take a look at this fucking bracket.
1: Yeah, so, so just to know, by the way, so Tom and I talked before the show, and I said, okay, are we are going to, like, show both our brackets? And Tom's like, well, let's look like, at your bracket, and then I'll follow up and make my bracket. And I was like, well, that's a lame-ass move. Because okay. I didn't
0: know how to make the fucking
1: thing. Com. Shout out Paper Crowns. I think they actually made uh, this uh... site. It's kind of sick. Is that, and is uh, that for right a little blurry? We're using, uh, I don't know, can I adjust the quality on OBS Ninja? I don't know,
0: Does that shit? How does it even look? I can't even see what the fuck I'm doing. It's so bright in my damn room. Yeah,
1: apologies for the quality guys. We're using, uh, OBS Ninja to try and, cause like, to pick things broken, you can't like send people a link to the bracket and stuff, so it's a little, fu- it's a little fucked up, but Low fuck. Dude, you gotta, you gotta put it behind the box, Tom, too. Cause you see how it's like, uh, it's above your overlay. I mean, that's fine because
0: I'm trying to make it as big as possible. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a little scuffed. I just want to make sure everybody can see it.
1: Fair enough. Anyway, so I'll kind of walk through my predictions here. And then uh, Tom and then uh, Taktura, we can get to ours. So winners round one, New York versus Minnesota. I really have no idea what to expect with this matchup with Decimate. I played a conservative. I think Minnesota probably more favored to win this without ASIM. But I spotted New York a couple of maps because... I just don't know, man, like, I have no idea. Weird shit can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Optic versus Dallas. This is an interesting matchup. So, uh, traditionally in these series, I've said on this show, usually you want to go with a team that's going to be better in game five. My concern with Dallas right now is the slaying and respawns. And especially after we saw Optic put up, like, a plus 80-some kill margin against Thieves on the weekend, Optic's looking really good in the respawns, uh, whereas Dallas has struggled at times this year. So... Uh, I don't even think this is going to get to a game 5. I I really don't like Dallas in control. It's going to put a lot of pressure on them having to win one of the first two maps. Uh I got OpTic taking that 3-1. Uh they just look really good right now. As mm-hmm. Tom goes ahead and and uh a bracket. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> on the winner, distinction got the winner side. phase versus Minnesota guys. We we saw it this week or you know, last week. I, I Is it I that's it's an ugly series to me. I think it's really really tough for Minnesota. Matchup against his phase team, I think that's going to be a 3 0 in my eyes. Uh, then Optic versus Toronto. Uh, interesting series. Um, I think Toronto and FaZe are two teams for Optic that give them problems mm-hmm. in the sense that they are disciplined, they are deep tactically, and those are the teams that Optic struggles against. So if Optic comes out and wins that series, it speaks a lot to their improvement as a team. But right now, based on their current form, I don't really feel like Optic's going to be able to overcome that hurdle. At least not initially this event. So I have them dropping the losers here. Hmm, Interesting. Uh, and then we'll go down just to the elimination side. So I'm sticking with my prediction from last week that LG is going to be thieves. I don't feel good about it, but fuck it, we toss out a curveball. I'm <laughs> not I'm not a, I'm not a, a bitch. We're going to stick with it. That I like it, bad. I fucking like <laughs> it. Uh, Seattle versus London. This is a tough one, uh, but I feel like Seattle's turning the corner. Well, we'll give them the 3-1 here. Tough for the London boys after they're running the last major to go out top 12, but someone's got to go home early. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we got a couple of our losers matchups here. Florida kind of probably could have been a winner, so they did drop a couple series. Uh, I think they're going to make quick work at LAG. That's a 20-minute series in my eyes. Uh, Paris-Seattle, absolute grinder. Last time they played, I think Paris won. I feel like this time around, Seattle's going to get the better of them. Uh, and, get, and see how we're getting a little bit of a mini run here. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York dropping down from losers to play Florida. Again, this is a tough series. I was going back and forth on this one. I originally have Florida winning this one, but uh, I think New York might be able to grind this out. I just don't see New York as a team that's going to get double rounded here. Uh, and we'll send Florida home maybe a little bit earlier. I do think, though, if Florida wins this series, it sets up a very interesting matchup for whoever comes from the top side of winners. Uh. And we'll get to that in a minute. Dallas for Seattle. Sorry, that's another 20-minute series. Uh, l- love the Seattle boys, but it's a type of, that, type of team that I see Dallas handling pretty easily these days. Uh, rest of the losers bracket. Optic, NY, absolute banger, but I'm going to have to go with Optic. Uh, without ASIM, I just, uh, again, went a little bit conservative. Honestly, if I knew kind of 100% here, I, I'd probably say that Optic was going to probably take the 3-1, but just being a little bit conservative. Minnesota-Dallas. This one I actually think could be a tight one just with the uh, real lack of form for Minnesota and hard point. I think that opens up the door for Dallas, but uh, Minnesota's been a pretty good Game 5 team when Attach is not getting teamated by his team, uh, so I have them taken at 3-2. Uh, and then in Winners Finals, another rematch we've seen a couple of times this year, New York versus Toron- uh, Faze versus Toronto. Uh, I'm going just based on form of these teams. When Faze and Toronto played outside of that one, uh, grand finals phase had the better of them. I think we'll have another game five series on our hands for the two teams and uh, Faze will close it out and Then go into the bottom side of losers the rest of the Sunday matches. I got Optic making quick work of Minnesota I don't think we're going to a game five Lamar clutch in a one v3. Uh, I, I Feel like optics gonna be no in front to start off Sunday. I mean, it is what it is. It's man. too I soon. Just... I mean, I'm just speaking how it is, so... is. I'm
0: just fucking around, Ben. And then you got Toronto <laughs> versus Optic. My God, yeah. this guy, Tactical Robbie's going fucking forever. Then you got yeah. fucking Ultra going against Optic. I, I, yeah, I, you got I Ultra got t- going through one. I got one. Toronto.
1: I got Toronto <laughs> taking against Optic. Okay. Um, just like where Toronto's at with the team right now, they've looked really good. Uh, will be a tough one for Optic to finish top three, but I, I don't think they should feel too bad uh, if that's the case and they kind of come up short in this series. Yeah, it uh-huh. would validate that they're making a lot of improvement as a team.
2: You know, the uh, fans will be saying to drop on for day. That's a guarantee.
1: Well, they shouldn't, but that's another story. And then going into finals, <laughs> uh, was going back and forth on how many maps I was going to give Toronto here. Uh, I got, I got phase five too. Again, I just phase have dropped one map in the stage. Uh, I know Toronto have been really good as well. I just feel like right now, uh, with phase, especially how they're playing in control and they're playing in S and D, I just kind of really like them in this matchup against Toronto, especially in the middle of the pack mm. of the map set. Um, so I got them taking a 5-2 and winning, uh, back-to-back.
0: I mean, hey, people are gonna say whatever they want about you being biased, right? About, with well, FaZe and, and shit, you know. Yeah, but the, we're
1: gonna sit here and really not say that they're uh, the, the yeah, favorite I mean, team
0: coming uh, to this event. That's, Come that's, on, guys. That's the problem, and, and I, I didn't want to do this biased, because...
1: but they They won the last event, and they didn't win... Uh, didn't lose a series right. this stage. So and, what do you want me to say and, about and that? And I
0: didn't, didn't want to do this bracket shit either, because, you know, my shit would just be biased too, right? I'm obviously rooting for New York. Like, that's the team that I'm on, and I want to see them do well. Now, with, De- with Decimate in there. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I haven't even talked. I'm actually going out <laughs> to dinner tonight with the whole squad, including Decimate. I think Decimate's going to be there. I think it's going to be me, Clay, Mack. You
1: an IRL stream.
0: Nah, I'm not going to put the camera in their face, but, you know, I'm going to ask them how practice has been going. I'm going to say, hey, yo, JT, listen, Homelander, bitch, you got to go the fuck off. All right, I need you to go the fuck off, and I need you to show what you got. Uh, but I just don't know how, they, how they're going to do. I, I really don't. I really don't. That's why a lot of these predictions are hard for me, because I haven't seen
1: the new New York play.
0: Um, but I, I agree with most of your predictions. I just don't think New York is going to be as shit as you think they're going to be. Uh, ben. I,
1: I've heard in I've heard that in scrims it's been a little up and down again, very early. They haven't had that much practice as a team, and they need more time. And, I, and I, I know that teams were scrimming a lot on land today. Uh, New York will have most of tomorrow to scrim before they play. So, like, uh, we'll, we'll see. I think probably the mode that will take the biggest hit for them is search, um, uh, just because ASIM was such a big backbone of their search strats. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've documented their control struggles. We've gotten a little better recently. So it's going to be an interesting series against Denver versus Minnesota for sure.
0: Yep. And then, uh, Rob, what do you think about Ben's Bracky here? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think it's fucking fugues or what? What's going on? <laughs> I don't think it's
2: too bad. I mean, I don't know about the thieves pick. Like I, oh, man, I would love. I toss
1: the curveball I toss a, a curveball. To curve
2: no, 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 no. I understand. Of yeah. course. But like, I would just, uh, it's tough to, if I was to pick a dark horse, yeah. I kind of want to say Florida at the same time, Slasher is the king of the lower bracket, right? And obviously, they got bodied by Optic on, on Sunday, which is true, and it didn't look great at all. But Optic tends to be so good in those like grudge matches. That's the way I see it, at least. Except against FaZe, but against FaZe, maybe it's not such a grudge match, right? But like the whole versus Slasher and Kenny thing, the formal stuff, now we've got Optic versus Empire... Optic, at least last season, as Huntsman undefeated against Empire on LAN. That's gonna be playing on their minds. Um, Optical tends to do well in those type of series. I think they'll get through that one. But I would just love to see Slasher come out, just drop a 1.4, just absolutely rock through the lower bracket. Um, I don't really think it's gonna happen because if they have to play mutineers and they have to play. Well,
1: let's be straight New up about York, it. But... Slasher, Slasher has not played well since he came back to the team. I don't want to sugarcoat it. We're not gonna spin two it. Too
2: serious, like I mean, I mean, it's two
1: series, But he's not played well in either of the series. Well,
0: come we know on he about that. we know I we you know even twenty three and eight. He, he didn't get shit on Ben.
1: Well, their whole team ended up getting shit on. That didn't quite help. Nah, Sasha didn't the play that one. bad. Nah, no, <laughs> actually <as he> played <laughs> but... was
0: doing his fucking thing. People were tweeting out. got streaks of
1: Muska. Yeah, people were I mean, letting I mean, tweet fair, out I mean, Thanos' gear and shit. Fair enough, but I've also seen some of their practice, and he struggled as well. And my thought process is this: is well, we're talking about
0: practice. Yeah, but we
1: are we are talking about practice. My okay. thought process here with thieves is I have no idea what thieves team is going to show up to this land. They did not look particularly great against Optic, uh, especially in the swing part of that series. Uh, I'm a I think the LAG matchup, if I'm realistic, is one they should probably win. But Florida is then a tough matchup for them. Florida has been very good throughout stage four, and there are question marks about Florida too in this team and land, uh, but. Uh, you know, the stage is set for Thieves to make a run. I'm just not super confident this is going to be the major where they're going to figure it out. I think I like this lineup. Maybe swap TJ for Draza if that were just up to me. Uh, but I think they need a little bit more time before we're Kind of really betting on them to to make a deep run here.
0: We'll see. I mean, we'll I we'll, agree. we'll I think it's see. probably
1: too early for them.
0: Uh, but hey, you, know, you know, know, I'd love to see it anyway. Hey, hey, it's len We're back on fucking Len, Just You know that, what baby, I'm saying? Let's hey, get it. Yo, Slasher's always saying it's fucking coin flips online. You know what I'm saying? Now we're on land. You know, there's no excuses anymore, cap,
1: guys. That's cap. Stay out of him, but it's all there's good.
0: There's no. Well, this is him and remember him and Octane t- tweeting each other coin flip gifts in the beginning of the year. That was fuyes. And then
1: they moved to Dallas and they were still losing serious So I don't quite agree with that. Strategy. Well, I don't. I don't know if that's exactly
0: what they what they meant by it but listen man, I'm just excited that we can't have any more excuses all right we're back on land yeah. we're back on land everybody's on an even playing field the there's there should be no fucking excuses nothing to be said um unless there's actually technical difficulties with yeah. your setup on land but I think for the most part you know we're going right back to where we used to be and I'm glad to see things getting back to normal now I just want to see some fans um because I think with some fans in the building it'll it'll bring the atmosphere up the energy up and I know Overwatch is addict. I was talking to my girlfriend at, at breakfast and she was telling me that uh Overwatch they have fans They have, like, an event in, like, a month, and they got a bunch of fans in there. Um, So if they got fans, we could get fans. Um, So I'm hoping that we can get those guys back in there, and uh, we can get the energy and and the fucking, we could get everything going. Um, The no casters is kind of weird to me. I don't know why there's no casters at the event. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, I think that casters should be there. I, I, and also knowing that the casters are going to be three seconds ahead of the gameplay or vice versa. There's going to lead I, to, I don't
1: know. I don't know. The sync issue is going to be. they've gotten better about it throughout the year. If you guys have watched the, the matches, like the sync issues when the, with the fully remote production have gotten better. I'm sure there's a lot yeah, of factors that, that went into that. And on the fans point to agree, we'd love to see fans back at some point this year. I know COVID restrictions are starting to get a lot better. Um, Did somebody just say,
0: why do you need casters with no fans? Is this guy fucking serious?
1: Why, we'd what? would love do you to mean? have both. When we get to the apex moment of the season for a chance, we'd love to have both. Man. What do
0: you mean? There's fucking thousands of fans watching at home. If you get them together, if you get the casters on land, you fucking not only warm them up for when we do have fans, you know, they can get back in that atmosphere because it's also a different atmosphere for them when they're standing next to each other. They're in the, in the moment. You know, it's a different lifestyle for the casters, too. It's a whole different ballgame instead of being guys. How the fuck do you get hyped when you when you're in your fucking bedroom, you know, standing next to your fucking bed? ...and a fucking webcam and a little studio light, you know? And you, some, something hype happens, you, you don't even fucking see a stage in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll would, it would be good. It's another atmosphere for the casters, too. That was a stupid fucking remark. Girl. There's no fans. Why would they need What the fuck are you talking about? And on top of that, um, I, I think there won't be a delay. If you get them on land. I, I don't think there will be a delay with the casters. I feel like the audio would be synced up and we won't have any issues. I think when you go from land and online and trying to mix everything together, that's where you start running into some of these technical problems and people get really fucking annoyed, including myself. But what are you gonna do? I think at the end of the day, the colleagues doing a great uh, has been doing a great job dealing with the COVID and all this shit. I mean, we're lucky that we even been up and running as as long as we as we were during this whole pandemic. So shout out to the colleague and everybody getting this fucking thing on a move and, and getting us back to normal. But let's go over to the flank Twitter. I posted q and A Q&A on the flank Twitter. If you guys aren't following the Twitter, make sure to go follow it now. Uh, you guys actually asked a lot of good questions. Um, so we're gonna go through some of these and we're gonna have some good discussions and we'll call it a fucking day. Obviously, the major starts tomorrow. So. Listen, you guys asked a lot of good discussions. This is honestly my favorite part of the show because uh, I feel like, you know, we can answer a lot of you guys' questions and, uh, you know, have some good discussions. So let's get into it. Before heading into champs, which teams do you think should make a roster change? Specifically, which top eight teams need a change in Major 5 if they want a chance at contesting champs? I don't think we're going to see many roster changes. I feel like for the most part, it's it's kind of we're in that part of the year now. It's late in the season. Like, I don't think we're going to see many teams changing. The bottom teams, the teams that are all the way at the bottom, that aren't gonna make chance aren't gonna make any changes, cause nobody's gonna want to play for them anyway. Uh, and then, uh, other than that, you're gonna have, if you're gonna have any team change, it'll be a team from that what, like that four to eighth or like five to eighth spot, Ben or Tactical Rab. Like you're not gonna see any of the top four teams change. That's for sure. Like you're not gonna see uh, Toronto, Phase uh, Optic in New York. Those guys aren't changing. Um, in terms of the I mean, other teams, I, I don't know. I,
1: my, my thought process is this. Think about the top eight teams, right? Faze, don't need to change. New York, don't need to change. Toronto, no change. Dallas is sitting in fourth. I don't think there's really that much better options out there. They need to just stick it with this lineup and figure it out because it's not going to get any better. Optic, definitely don't need to change. These have six players. They just got to figure out which of the shuffle, and that makes sense. Minnesota, uh, maybe, but again, like, what options are out there to make your team better? It's a little bit too late in the season. And I like Florida's team. They need to give that team some time because it could be a team that peaks at the end. So that's your answer in the top eight. I don't really think any of those teams are going to be really like itching to go out there and pick up another person to drop and put on the roster.
2: Mm, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you look at the, a lot of those teams, they're probably thinking that they have a reasonable chance to actually compete at champs if they all start firing. I think there's a possibility there. I think if I'm... I mean you can never rule out thieves making another move. That's um that like that is always <laughs> on the table. Uh, and and Dallas is I think they're probably gonna stick. So yeah, generally I think most of these teams have, have kind of found their spot. People are asking for what my predictions are for the tourney. I think like if you're not saying phase win ultra seconds, like seems pretty straightforward, and then I'd probably give it optic third similar to what Ben did to be honest. But mm-hmm. just side note.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens especially after the major and kind of seeing how some of these team performs We might see some upsets this weekend. You we might see some teams who haven't been playing so good online Just absolutely pop off on Florida, land
1: Florida the two teams. I think that can cause some chaos here Florida Because they were really good online just we have to see how this team plays with the pressure on on land. mm in Minnesota, because if they start to figure out, we've said this all year about this Minnesota team, man, like if they can just figure out how to get better and respawn, and their S&D game has slipped a little bit too, they can just get the pieces together. They're going to have enough talent on team to figure it out. So I think there's some possibility we get some variance, but I feel pretty confident that New York, if ASIM can't attend this event, uh, that uh, the situation is probably going to be agreed. great phase in Toronto, likely top two. And I think you're probably squeezing that conversation, but based on form right now, we're probably that third best team at this major.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that if Facebook can make this one, it's the only one he misses. I don't think he'll miss another one after this. I think they're right there and closing in on getting him here. It's just like he just might. He's trying the best he can. He's gonna get it, and they're gonna get him here. But it's just they're running out of time. They're running out of time, and you know things are right around the corner. So I don't know what's gonna happen. Let's move on to the next one it's obvious optic brings viewers but do you think that orgs are failing by not aspiring to do the same on the flip side of what of that do you think that the following they have adds more pressure to the players i know you were almost part of optic what was your biggest pro and con
1: i think the first part of this question then can you address the later part tom Mm -hmm. what what do you guys like you realize that the league started and three months into the league the pandemic hit entirely new brands optic has been around for years has been to events for years been able to do events with fans for years these teams have been basically activating their brand fully online for almost like 70 80 of their life cycle like what do you guys want them to do it's going to take time for them to get fan bases locally and internationally to support their team but go ahead tom
0: uh, no, I mean, what did, uh, what did he mean by the end of this question? I know you were almost part of Optic. What was your biggest pro and con? Does he mean, like, being on he Optic? He means, like,
1: pressure. But, like, I'm sure every top team feels, like, the pressure now. Like, like you, look at, you look at the players on these top eight teams, and most of them feel like they always have a legitimate shot to win these events. So they always have their own internal pressure maybe the argument is, oh, because Optics has got the biggest fan base, there's always those talking points out there publicly on Reddit and social media, putting specific pinpoints on the players. And, like, I can describe that theory, but, like, I think these teams are generating enough momentum internally to, like, drive themselves to want to win. Not so, I don't know if uh, I really feel that you way. You
0: feel pressure no matter what team you're on, because at the end yeah. of the day, you got to perform for yourself, your teammates, and your organization. You don't perform for the fans. You for- perform for yourself, your teammates, and your org. Like, it doesn't matter what the fans are saying. At the end of the day, how many times have you seen drop scump, drop envoy, drop this? Have they dropped envoy? Have they dropped scump? No, no offense to people on Reddit who have said these things, but nobody gives a fuck what you guys have to say. You know what I'm saying? The higher ups, the coaching staff, the players, they're going to do what they want to do. They're professionals. Um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people can spit for gays and say whatever they want. Even when I played with Optic, we, hey... The series that we won, there was a we started off the weekend, right? We won the first couple series. I, I played okay, I played average, I was getting into things, and people were cooking me, even though we won the series. We won the series, I did my thing, it's not like I got shit on. Then the first series we lose is against Gen G. I had the best KD on the team. I had a better KD than Skump, Krim, fucking Damon, Tiege, all of them. Um, and I got cooked. I got obliterated. Like, everybody was fucking cooking me, saying, bring back Dash, you this and that, when I literally had the best series on the fucking team. It's like, they'll say whatever they want to say. It doesn't really fucking matter. You know what I'm saying? Scump. How many times you see Drop Scump? Yeah, he's one of the, one if, if not the best fucking SMG. There's a reason we call him the fucking king. You know what I'm fucking saying? It's like, yeah. people will say whatever the fuck they want to say. So at the end of the day... People can say whatever they want about pressure because of the fans, but th- that's not where the pressure comes from as a as a professional player. The pressure comes from the higher ups, the organization, the, your teammates, like you don't you don't want to let them down because then you lose your job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You lose your fucking job, and nobody wants to fucking lose a job. People want to make sure that they can, that they compete and th- that they hang and they they keep their their fucking job going. I think that's where the main pressure comes from. And of course, the fans, obviously, you don't want to let the fans down, like especially for me, like I love the fans, right? I feed off of the fans and the support um so i always like that was something that just kept me going like it definitely helps if anything i think optic having a fan base behind them like they do benefits them i think it helps them i think having that support system behind you even though they can be toxic during losses i think during wins and stuff like that and seeing all that yeah, when energy in,
1: tom when they're in venue and they're playing well like it helps just the, the momentum that the crowd generates for them is massive right it helps like them. they're already a great team and like you add that, like you just feel unstoppable in the situation. So you
0: can't you even defuse a fucking bomb against them. One, if you're in a one v one situation and you're on optic, just plant the bomb and go hide in the corner. And then once you hear that crowd pick up, go check it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you could use it's it's how it is. It's how it's always been. But then that's when you get people like me that uses that to their advantage. I, I used to get on the fucking bomb, let the crowd go crazy, <laughs> and, oh, and, oh, and yeah, yeah, and, how, and I would fake it. I'd fake like, it. I'd, it. Yeah, you got the fucking crowd. And all the all of a sudden you had the players fucking run. Honestly, it works for any team. Whenever somebody hops on the fucking bomb during during on stage, yeah, people go, "Oh, fucking give that fucking thing away." Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think there's pressure for not just the optic guys, but for everybody, man. There's pressure for all the pros in the league. Um, obviously, the optic guys get a lot more attention. Um, but, you know, that's just how it is. I think it can help them. I think sometimes it could be a negative, but sometimes it's a positive. It just depends on the situation. But let's go to the next question.
2: Quick, quick thought on that, if
0: you, if you yeah. don't mind. No, go ahead. Tackle, I was rap. just going to say, like,
2: I think the like the green wall and how it is with Optic is is in an interesting spot where it stands now as to where it was, let's say, five, six, seven years ago when the brand was first coming into prominence. because. Back in the day, obviously they won some events in Modern Warfare 3, around that time, but during the Black Ops 2 Ghosts era, it was Ghost, it was Complexity, Optic were always the underdog, the fans were always rooting for to finally get up and win an event, which is kind of where it is now in a way. It's like, oh, can Optic actually get third, get second, try and beat FaZe somehow, um, which is kind of where like they sit again. But the last few years, a lot of the Optic fan base that is still here has been... If anything incredibly spoiled, right with the incredible dynasty run winning so many events and now winning is just expected for the optic team so i think like i agree in a way that the pressure comes from the organization but i think that the fans that have experienced winning for so many years and now find an environment where it's just incredibly hard to win and phase are just ridiculously good that i think there's pressure in that because the optic guys i mean Obviously, they won a couple of events last year on Huntsman, but the last time they won an event as Optic was in 2018 in December. So, like, it's been a while since they actually tasted glory on stage as yeah. the Optic brand. And and that does probably start to eat into you in a way when you've won, like, 20 events over four years or something. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really happen anymore. So, yeah. maybe it's an interesting angle. Well,
0: that's, well uh, that's a good point, right? Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand that, like... Even, like, when we were on phase, I always compare things to when I'm competing because it's just, you know, being through it, going through it personally, it's a lot easier for me to talk about. But even when we were on phase and we won three events in AW, remember at the end of the year with phase, me, Clay, Nabel, and, and, and attached, we won three events? And then going into Black Ops 3, it didn't look like that. We weren't winning events. We were, we were a top team. We, we weren't shit. Like, we definitely weren't shit. We were still a very difficult team to play against. Like, people still thought we were a good team, but we weren't winning events, and we weren't getting the placings we wanted to get. And we were getting cooked, like roasted to oblivion and people don't understand that listen we're playing at the highest level like to win consistently is not easy especially now especially now there's just way too much talent there's way too much talent that these dynasty teams that a lot of people want to see are almost nearly impossible that's right the closest thing we get to it is phase that's the closest thing we'll ever see to a dynasty
1: this also format is way way less forgiving than the old format right used to go You play pool play over two days. Like, there were times where teams would look terrible on the first day. But you had the time to come back the second day, figure out how to get top two in your group, and then just grind through the bracket. Now, like, if you don't play well on the stage, then you're in a one-and-done situation. One series and you're going home. Mm -hmm. Like, on top, that's why the extra element, I think, that makes it much harder now than it was back in the CWL uh, MLG ran era.
0: Yeah, and hey, listen, I see somebody in the chat. I knew somebody was going to say this. I knew somebody was going to say this because uh, they say it all the time. Zuma making it about himself again. Guys, from somebody who played professionally, wouldn't you want to hear from somebody that went through it? Wouldn't you want to hear, you know, the experiences that I went through? Why wouldn't I talk about the experiences I went through? Why wouldn't I? What's the point of being on the show? That's the whole that's the whole point. The whole point was I did this for almost a decade. I played at the highest level. I played against the king. I've, I've played against the optics and the fucking phases and all these fucking guys. At the end of the day, I'm going to talk about the experiences I have. Hey, if you don't like what I'm talking about myself, then get the fuck out. Go fuck yourself and suck my balls while you do it. Let's go on to the next question. Do you think Warzone has negatively uh, negatively affected multiplayer? Gunsmith and bullet velocity and in multiplayer just gives every gun the ability to be a super weapon and it can kill otherwise. Balanced metas and bullet velocity can make gunfights more inconsistent than hitscan, especially online. Ben, we'll start with you. What do you think?
1: Uh, those are interesting points, but I still don't think that's the case. Like, there's always been OP guns and OP weapons and OP perks in every Call of Duty without bullet velocity and hit scan versus this or, or, uh, what's the tick rate? Like, all those things are always going to exist and people are always going to gravitate towards what are the OP elements of the game? And trust me, it used to be much worse back in the day when we had noob tubes and we were going to pubs and that was terrible. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know what else to say. I think it's an interesting thought process, uh, but I think you're kind of missing the bigger picture. here,
0: Bro, Warzone is trash. Bro, I play Warzone and it is boring as fuck. I played it last night and I was bored out of my mind. I was running (laughs) around. For 20 minutes, yeah. I'm fucking j- just buying UAVs, chasing after Red dots. Half the time, I'm shitting at fucking shit cans. They're not even good. And then when I do die, I'm getting run over by Bertha's. I can't see the fucking guy because there's the sun in my eyes. Or, or I'm getting a fucking dev error 20, 30 minutes into the game. There's a lot of problems with Warzone right now. A lot. A lot. I,
1: I think it just needs a little bit of a... Listen, it's just... It's stale. And that's that's what they need to figure out. How to shuffle it up. Stale. Fortnite's always done a good job of it. They do these seasons. It does... Has Epic gotten that wrong? Sometimes, absolutely. I just think there needs a little bit more of a shuffle in Warzone to kind of bring back that wow factor. Uh, and, and kind of uh, bring an element. You know it would be nice, Tom? Maybe if they added Jetpacks in Warzone. Maybe that'd, that'd be, be nice fun. Spice. Oh hey,
0: my God. Hey, hey, listen,
1: I, I personally... I Heroes is really good in Blackout, that's all I'm saying.
0: I personally mm. just think Warzone can have a lot of tweaks to make it a lot better. I just feel like it's very slow. Um, I feel like it takes a while to get into the action and stuff. I just play, and I, I, personally, I mean, this is just yeah. my opinion. I mean, people could say Wuma or, or whatever the fuck. I personally just don't have a very good time on it, but I also come from a, a background where I'm a very competitive person, and just, like, going for high-kill games, like, doesn't satisfy me. Like, I want to play against good players, you know what I'm saying? Like, the World Series of Warzone that they're coming out with sounds like a fantastic idea. The only problem with that is I don't play Warzone, so now I gotta start practicing Warzone. So I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, you're so, the team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a team with Clay <laughs> and Asim, and the thing is, is that sounds fun as fuck. Like I'm excited for that. Like yeah. a competitive Warzone-based system, which I think is the future. I think we might be seeing some of that in the future, and I think it's it's gonna be incredible. I think it's gonna be really fun to watch. I personally can't watch these Warzone tournaments though, where they just get kill, where they do kill races, and I just watch some of these top Warzone streamers just kill absolute newbies. Like, it's just, it's just, like, whoever gets those good lobbies. Whoever gets the bot lobbies and can just get a bunch of noob teams running around and get more kills. That's boring to me, guys. I personally, and that's just my opinion. I have nothing against Warzone. I love I love competitive Warzone, but in terms of, like, what I've been watching recently, like, playing it, I think it's boring if I'm just playing it casually. And if I'm watching some of these tournaments where it's just a kill race and I'm watching these people just go sh- find these noobie-ass teams running around, it's whoever gets these bot lobbies and can get the most kills. It's, it's boring to me. I want to see something like the World Series of Warzone happen more, where it's they're sticking a lot of the best of the best Warzone players, yeah, professional Warzone players, you're watching the best in the world go at it and play the game to its capabilities. Like, for me, bro, I'm probably going to get shit on this World of War- fucking Series of Warzone thing. If we win this thing, I'll be fucking mind-blown, because I'm going up against some big guns, you know what well, I'm saying?
1: I, I think so, you know, as, 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 for disclosure, like, and I think I talked about this a couple of times on this show, you know, we eSports Engine worked with the Activision team to sort of develop. It's probably back in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of the idea and sort of how the scoring's supposed to work is, it's supposed to incentivize really trying to get kills and not like camming for placement. Um, so that multiplier is super key. I think the teams that are gonna excel in this format, the teams that are gonna slay early, gear up, and play like the top teams do in like a PUBG. Cut people off on rotation and really run up the kills and dictate how the map goes and if you get for it, So be it but the kills are really gonna be important So you're lucky your team with some primo slayers people that have gunny and people that have good movement So if you guys just kind of get your routes down uh, and figure out how you want to play some of the circles Like I think you guys will do fine.
0: Yeah, I think it, there's definitely like a strategy to it There's definitely like a certain way to play warzone um and, and listen i know i said warzone is trash like obviously i exaggerate a little bit i like warzone i'm just a very competitive person and i just me playing it personally like i just don't like to play it casually um if they had like a rank could they do like a ranked playlist in warzone is it, could that ever be possible
1: i don't know, i don't think why would you ever want a ranked playlist in the battle royale it seems kind of
0: because then it's hard like that oh, you, you know it's such
1: sweaty lobbies though like I, but that, isn't that seems the point? like point isn't, isn't that
0: the point though like that's that's where that's where I like the game. I like the game where I'm where I'm playing. But against people are saying people. like
1: like Apex is ranked, but like Apex is significantly less people on the map, right?
0: I don't know. I don't know how Apex works. I, I,
1: be- I believe so. So like I, I just I just feel like it wouldn't really work with like the set of abilities and guns that you have in Fortnite. I think with Apex, it's a little bit better. So, yeah. that's my POV on it. Uh, I just think like what I think the evolution of this should be is. Like you have a Fortnite, the Daily Cash Cups, just a lot of opportunities to play a competitive Warzone product on a daily basis outside of the World Series Warzone program. I know that that is something that I'm sure Activision is looking at. I think that would make things Uh, A little bit better, a little bit more spicier, especially for, like, the influencers that love streaming Warzone. But they don't want to get on and play these pub lobbies every day where there are hackers and other issues. So, Mm -hmm. something to think about.
0: Listen, I think at the end of the day, I think Warzone is obviously the fucking biggest game out right now, basically. I mean, it's, like, it's hot. It's fucking hot. So, you know, I have my own opinions about it. Um, I think there's certain things that they could do to make it better. But for the most part, everybody else, in my, my opinion, don't mean jack shit. That thing's popping off. I've been trying to get into it just because so many people love uh, love watching it and enjoy it. I just need I just need something a little bit more competitive. Yeah. So I'll, maybe I just need to give it more of a chance. Honestly, people are telling me when they watch me play, I just give it more of a chance because uh, you know I'm a little lost. I'm not. I don't really know like the, where the hot spots and the circles. Whatever. We could, we can move on from a different question, but um, I'll definitely. It's be done giving... so
2: much for COD though, right? Like there is yeah. that angle as well. Like I've never played a single game of Warzone. It's just never for me. Really? I played War. I played uh, Fortnite when it was good, but like. I just I don't care for real Battle Royales, to be honest, but if it's competitive between the best teams, then I'm down to give it a go and watch. But yeah. I just think that there's so much potential crossover out there from what Warzone has done mm-hmm. for bringing in viewers that... I think the CDL will be wise to tap into it better and I think that's what they're trying to do here. So. Yeah, I'm
0: sure we'll be seeing some I'm competitive Warzone. It. I mean, you see teams picking up professional Warzone players, right? Like Raiden and Tommy and those guys, are they announced themselves as professional Warzone players. Aiden, right? Like, why? Why are they announcing themselves as professional? There's got to be something. There's got to be well, some competitive... I'll be
1: curious, Tom. After Champs is over in August, we're going to obviously have that long gap again before uh, competitive starts up and you're going to see what happens when maybe some of these pro Call of Duty players are scoring up against the pro Warzone players. That'll be interesting. Yep, and, and the storylines will be quite spicy.
0: And, and listen, listen, I say Warzone is trash, but when I watch other, like some of these top players play Warzone, they make it look a lot easier. I definitely gotta give it more of a chance before I just spew out a bunch of fugues. But it, it, just based on my personal experience playing it the last few days, um, it's just a little boring. It's just a little boring. But I think the competitive atmosphere of it all will, will make that a lot better. So I see a lot of big things coming from Warzone, and uh, I think they know what they're doing over there with that game. Obviously, it's one of the hottest, most popular games. Uh, so shout out to Warzone. I'll give it more of a chance. You guys can come roast me as I get shit on. Um, but let's go on to the next question. Somebody said, Do you think Seattle could make a run at land? I feel like oftentimes Gunless was at a disadvantage since he was in Seattle while his team was in Texas. So he'd usually get the la- the least favorable ping in online matches. Ben, what do you think?
1: I mean, I think they could figure out a way to get top eight, but the road beyond top eight becomes hard for them. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they've got some interesting pieces on their team, uh, but they need to play with more consistency. We'd love to see a little bit more out of Persini uh, this week. Atlanta, I think he's living a little bit up and down the last few weeks. If they can kind of get a little bit better than then out. maybe they can make a run at this major.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's really that big of a difference. I, don't, I, like, I, I still feel like, Listen, for the most part, we're going back on land. We're back on an even playing field. But in terms of all these pings and shit, there's probably times where where Big P was on a good ping and his teammates weren't. You know what I'm saying? Like so, like it just it's so fucking dumb. This whole online shit is dumb, and I'm so happy we can well, stop. What's bad
1: for someone like Asim? His entire team is in Texas, and he's in Toronto, yeah, so he's constantly shit. playing on 80 or 60 ping compared to his teammates. Unless, like, it's just a testament to certain players. But as we have talked about, all Tom uh, online or not, ping or li- ping or whatever. The players that are good online are generally, in extreme circumstances cases, the exception to this. The players that are good online are the players that are good online.
0: Yeah, this question's
2: fucking... Quick, forget- you- say though, man. No, like, we're actually going to get to see C- it. There's so many of these teams yeah. that have players that haven't played on land. I, I saw a tweet from Yeah, C- there was actually.
1: a CDR tel- Intel tweet about it. Mac there
2: Hydra, are- this is land yeah. debut as a pro. Mac Hydra, Standy, Polex Afro, Neptune, Awakening, Clinics, and Insight. Those final three played the Damn. Black Ops 4 champs. But outside it's of crazy. that, yeah, there's... Uh,
0: there's lots of good storylines that's fucking nuts Uh, but let's go on to the next one we got do you think COD should stop making a broken new game every year and get rid of sliding for competitive honestly feels like whoever can slide cancel the best wins that's Uh, cap that's that's fugace that
1: that is massive cap (laughs) do I I think though it'd be interesting if we had more of like a two-year cycle than a one-year cycle totally could entertain thoughts on that I know there's obviously cost-benefit analysis Activision needs to do there on their part but would definitely be interesting
0: um. Uh, somebody said, "Can you guys go over the CDL's lack of viewership compared to the other major esports? Call of Duty is a household name, yet newer games like Valorant are already being produced and executed better on an international scale."
1: Right. So I, <laughs> so I, I got thoughts on this. Valorant had their first LAN. There's always going to be curiosity to people watching that. On top of that, it's a PC game, bigger audience. Valorant's free to play, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, so that also is another factor too. Call of Duty viewership traditionally is always at its low point at this time of the year. You go back to the CW all years and you look at those stats, it'll back that up. It always kind of ebbs towards the end of the regular season and it flows back during playoffs and champs. So I think the viewership will be good to kind of hit the end of the year. And I think viewership will get better over time again once teams are able to like do real marketing and engagement in their local markets. COVID has kind of screwed everybody's plans. And so once that's over and teams can kind of get their teams out there, do events, meet the community, do charity work, run events in their market, you start to see some more organic growth of people that don't traditionally watch esports, traditionally Mm. watch COD, start to kind of tune into the esport here.
0: Um, Yeah, I wonder if the YouTube Twitch thing has anything to do with it. I feel like gaming is primarily on Twitch. Um, So I feel like the whole YouTube switch might have been a difficult transition. Well, YouTube
1: gaming viewership, though, is very high. We should not discount how many people use that platform. Do I think, though, for things like I'm talking co-streaming, about live viewers. I'm talking about yeah, live yeah. viewers. If you're talking about stuff despises. like co-streaming, Twitch gives them a little bit of a better base. I don't disagree with that. So it's something to think about as, as we start to hear more about the structures of any kind of deals here.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, go, going back to viewership, another question coming in. Uh, seeing current CDL viewership being primarily optic, do you worry or think about what will happen in a few years once big personalities like Skump retires? I'll start this one off. I do. When you see a lot of... I feel like a lot of the players, like, don't make content like they don't really put themselves out there um and i feel like even when teams do make content and put themselves out there nobody watches it for some reason it just feels like like for instance simp right bro simp is like the best player one of the best if not the best player in the game he does content all the time he posts on youtube but he's not getting the views like other people get you know what i'm saying like i just feel like i don't know what it is i don't know what it is why players struggle to grow fan bases in competitive cod um like they just don't get a lot of views um, sims views
2: are pretty good though to be honest like it's not bad like sims views aren't bad at all i'm looking through recent videos let me like say, 13, 15K, in a while. 20k 40k 25k 22k 19k Yeah, you know, it, it's respectable i mean like look i agree to some like 100% to some degree it's a concern right mm-hmm. and if you're a pro and you're not making content and you're not streaming, I think you're making a massive mistake because you never know when your job might just be on the line. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of what you've done, right, and so many other players have done it. I'm seeing Zed lately. He's streaming. He's got to like a 1,000 subs. That's a solid income, even if things go completely tits up, right? Methods has done a great job. All these guys, like, it's not just about building the personality to help build the scene. It's about actually maintaining some job security if, if things go sour. And mm-hmm. you're only... Like, what's the average lifespan of a player in the league? Like, two years, two and a half years? Yeah. Um, so there's I mean, that I, angle.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of people talking about, you know, since personality. And this and that. Seth is a one of a kind, right? I mean, Scumpy's he's just got both, right? He's got the skill and he's very out there. He's very outgoing. Um, it's very rare you see something like that. But I agree, when Optic plays... When, when Optic's done playing, half the viewership is gone. I mean, it's fucking disappears in the blink of an eye. You the
2: Optic fans stay, though? Like, my take is, if Scump retires, do Optic fans still watch Optic? Because I think maybe not many of them. Not do they, as do many they watch?
0: Do. do they watch Optic, or like do, they watch do they just go watch well, Scum Stream? Do they just go watch Scum Stream? if Scum's,
1: Scum's co-streaming the CDL, the CDLs don't want to count that as viewership. So it gets kind of an interesting, game here. I think it's impossible. I think it's almost impossible to chart what happens here. We just don't know the contours of what would happen the situation, about the time he retires, is CoStream available? What are the terms of the CoStream? Like, there's just a lot of different avenues that we're just not really sure here. Again, I think, though, like, the better longer-term strategy, though, is not so much to court the scump fans, but getting more people that have never watched a product for in the ecosystem and getting them to engage is the better uh like question to me rather than what happens when Scump retires from the league
0: i think uh listen i think there's still going to be viewers like i i think it's going to change i don't know how drastically it's going to change but it'll definitely go down a little bit when some of these bigger personalities are out because these guys just bring in a lot of fans that's just how it is um at the end of the day i don't think it's going to kill cod you know like when Scump retires i don't think cod is done Um, but I think it is going to impact it a little bit. Because, you know, it's it's Scump, man. He's a big name. He's a big guy to the C He's he's very well-respected. He's stable to the scene. He's been doing it for a decade. I mean, I don't know. Some people are talking about who replaces Scump. I mean, people are talking about Envoy. You know what I'm saying? People are talking about Envoy. But, hey, Scump, you know, those are some big shoes to fill. I'll tell you that. Those are some fucking big shoes. But let's see what other questions. Do you think CDL could potentially get rid of control for CTF? Since control, I feel like, doesn't require a lot of teamwork. And more so on just talent and a bunch of defense rounds, whereas in CTF it requires way more teamwork. Can the pros influence the that decision? That
1: is the, the worst take I have ever heard. Control requires a lot time. of teamwork. Control requires an immense amount of teamwork. <laughs> yeah. CTF can be very boring and very campy. I don't, I thoroughly just disagree with that take. I don't think we should be shuffling out control at this point uh, in the game. I think teams have gotten pretty good at Garrison offense now. Teams have gotten really good at playing raid on both sides. Is checkmate still kind of a little bit fugue's? Yeah, if you go forward dead on offense, instantly the round's kind of over. Uh, we just need a better control map to replace that one. I think we're fine. Yeah, I, I think
2: like people remember, remember the ten percent of CTF games that were actually entertaining. Like the vast majority were garbage. On the vast majority of maps, it doesn't work at all. And back in Black Ops Two, it was good. Black Ops Three, it could pass world war 2 trash so like not always pretty much trash so yeah i think control is great i also think control is in my opinion the perfect medium between hardpoint and search and destroy because it's also relatively easy for new people to understand because you've got kills you've got capture the point it's kind of like a hybrid in a way of both yeah. the game modes and i think that is exactly what you need because people understand hardpoint like let's say you're a new player coming in search and destroy is often like a new fan to the scene let's say search and destroy is often the mode that you gravitate towards because it's easy to understand you just die and then you're out of the round and then people start to understand hardpoint a little bit okay you have to capture this point you move around the map and then control kind of is just an, a natural extension of that i guess ETF's is also very straightforward to understand but i think i really like control
0: yeah i think I a good game mode i mean it was made for competitive I mean, that was the whole point of the game mode. I'm pretty sure the devs wanted to make a game mode that was a swing mode that was made for competitive play. And that's kind of where Control came in. We got Maven coming in with a big 20 bomb. Shout out to Maven.
1: Yeah, the, Maven goat the GOAT
0: caster. Let's get a wave in the chat. You fucking bald, good-looking bastard. I we fucking lo- love, love you. love
1: Clinton Joe here. Uh, Maven yeah,
0: shout out to the fucking GOAT himself. Appreciate you, Maven. Much love, man. Um, but we'll go on to the next question. I think is a good game mode. I wouldn't change it. By the way, I see CDF.
1: Looney's rank uh, about... Uh, Uplink CTF and control. Uh, agree with your uplink take. We can argue about the CTF and control take. I think it's super. Uh, uplink, uplink, is fire. uplink, uplink is fire. 100% uplink is 100 percent. the best. That uh, yeah. that's not debatable.
0: There's so, there's something about uplink just so bro, just hitting those buzzer beaters or those interceptions. Yeah. Like dude, uplink was on a whole nother level. They could have up the, I feel like they could have added like ramps or something, you know, like for, for non jetpack games. Just like ramps. I'm serious. Like, like put put ramps. Yeah, put ramps on a map so people and put ramps near the point so people could run up the ramps and like try to get interceptions. Listen, brother, I think it'd be pretty cool. But let's go on to the next question. I'm trying to find ones that people liked. Um, does Draza leave LAT next year, or does he risk saving the org's ass for a third time just to be benched? Um I don't know what what like how is Draza going to save L.A. Thieves? Like, do they even want him next year? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like... I don't know if, Dra- if Draza is going to be the fucking savior to L.A. Thieves, you know? Um, but it is very interesting that they did get rid of him, considering I thought he was their best player.
1: Well, I'm curious. So, he... If they didn't sign a new tier deal, right? Then he's just a free agent at the end of the season. So...
0: Yeah, I believe so. And if he's a free agent, he's going to look at every team. He's not, He's definitely not just going to join 100 Thieves because, or LA Thieves because they're LA Thieves. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely you know, we'll think... have to
1: see. I mean, Thieves also, this this goes back to the convo we had on the last show about free agency and how it might work this year with <laughs> a bunch of teams probably reshuffling their lineup. So I think Draza is definitely very good and good enough to be on a CDL roster. He's obviously stuck in this logjam of... Uh, players and depth going on at Thieves. If it's not on Thieves, he'll be starting somewhere else next year.
0: This is a good question. Do you believe we'll see Orgs dropping out of the league during the offseason? If so, who gets their spot? I personally think Paris or Seattle are on their way out and would like to see Elevate or maybe even Sentinels come to COD and show more talent from other regions. I definitely see teams getting the fuck up out of here. Um, I don't know. I think that's
1: it's... a little bit more complicated mechanically than you think it is. Uh, I mean, I don't think, not really. I don't think, I think we're going to see... Sell their spot. Uh, yeah, but someone's gotta buy the spot. So I, I think I that personally don't to think we're it. gonna see guys. It is a weird capital market right now, just in general with like business stuff, just like big picture economics. Like we're coming out of a tight period with COVID. I think this year we probably won't see a lot of that. Uh, we'll see what happens next year.
0: Um, yeah, we'll I don't see think what
1: happens. Seattle
2: will go. I.
1: I don't. I don't see Seattle going either. Be they're, they're, they're committed if... to these sports long term.
2: Paris, right? Are you gonna say Paris? Well, I mean, well, just look at their socials and their YouTube. Like, what is going on? You know, so. <laughs> I, I they think, don't give um, a fuck,
0: Rev. They don't give a fuck. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I don't I, I,
2: I, I work. Well, I wonder, right? Because you've got the guys over at um, you've got the guys uh, like heretics. They want to get a Madrid team. I mean maybe the CDL looks at it and they say hmm, okay Paris what have they really done for the french scene we want to get more involved in Europe like maybe I we I mean they fumbled the bag with Hydra. A like that. they fumbled yeah, the exactly. bag with Hydra. up Paris was yeah, being want want he they was hitting with them. scene back in business like I don't know I
0: just don't understand how Paris and New York are fighting for Hydra. and he he uh, Paris don't give everything they got to get this phone. why wouldn't you get the the superstar in in France to represent your parents. That just showed that right off the bat. That showed to me that Paris didn't give a fuck. They spent 25 mil to get into the league. And then they just let this kid walk. They just let him go. They're just like, fuck it. We're not going to go that high. And, and like, listen, I'm not going to go into numbers or anything. But it wasn't anything that was like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't mm-hmm. anything too crazy. I was like, I'm very surprised that they didn't fight for him. Um, But I don't give a fuck. We got Hydra. You know what I'm saying? Let's go on to the next <laughs> question. What does Seattle do slash keep next year? Build around big P is where I'd go. I agree. Just build around big P. Just get, get, keep gunless and, and just build around him and try and get him the the right team, the right group of guys that'll mesh with him and, and work with him. But I think for the most part, um, there's a lot of talent, but I don't know if anybody's going to want to go to Seattle. It might be hard to draw some talent over there. What do you think, Ben? And tactical rap?
1: Yeah, I'm curious what they do because may you can make the argument that maybe they should start fresh. For, like They're the kind of team that should start fresh with like, four really young players and sort of let that team develop over time. Whereas I think like I've heard a lot of really good things about uh, Pierce this year and him improving as a teammate. And you could tell with, that he has skill. And he may end up on a very good team next year because there really is not... A lot of players that are going to be willing to just kind of do the dirty work. So we'll see what they do. I think Seattle is a situation to watch next year, especially with the Octane stuff, too. What kind of moves they make and where they want to go with the team. Yeah,
2: agreed. I mean, Gunless is the piece I would build around. Like, he's flexible. He can use multiple roles. Um, he has the ability to be the best player in the game. That's also a thing. So I, I feel like people are sleeping on him a little bit because the team's garbage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think uh, this is an interesting question right here. Not so much a question, but once you got time, could you talk about importance of KD? Every time a player goes negative, pros talk about KD is overrated. Oh, That's is facts right here. But when a player goes positive, they are celebrated, and the player often retweets stats of the game. Um, that's a good that's a good point. It is a good point. Um, and I think the reason for that is is because people just look at KD. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, a player, when they go negative, they're going to try and not make it so, you know, all about themselves. And when they go positive, because that's all people talk about, any chance they get, they're going to fucking gas themselves up. Yeah,
1: players are tweeting out player cards. So, like, here's my yeah, thought, yeah. Tom. is like, KD is important, but context is important. We can't sit here and say, oh, KD doesn't matter. If someone's dropping, like, a .5, you know what I mean? Like... It, it is matters, important. yeah. But the context of Kitty is important. For example, in the last couple of games, you want your AR players being particularly positive when it comes to kills and deaths because they're getting a lot of easy kills traditionally, how teams set up. Whereas your entry player, you know, if they're dropping like a 0.95, that's usually a pretty good That means they're doing the role. They're getting kills sometimes if not they're getting trades or interaction numbers There are a lot more other stat points that when you look at the bigger picture It kind of gives you context into how well a player is playing And how well are they playing their role and how well is the team around them playing?
0: Yeah, I think KD is an interesting one Um, I think for the most part even when pros brag about their KD You know at least other pro players will always say like you know like who gives a fuck about KD Like there's been times where my teammates are bragging about their KDs and I'm like dude we lost Like you were fucking doing nothing you know, any player can sit back and get their KD up. You know what I'm saying? And go out on social media and, and fucking brag about their KD. It happens all the fucking time. It's happened with my teammates. It's happened with other people in the scene. And I'll lose, fucking my, I'll lose my fucking shit when I'm a sub player trying to do everything I got. And I'm dropping a point nine or a 1.0. And then I got a fucking AR player dropping a 1.4. And he's saying I costed because he's got a better KD to me. It's like, okay, well, that's just not how you play COD. You know, that's just not how it works. Uh, if that's how it worked, then I will just... Camp a corner every time I spawn and just focus on playing TDM and getting my KD up so I can go on social media and brag about my KD. That's not how it works. If you want to win events, you need to do what what you need to do to win the map. You got to take the routes. You got to take the challenges. You got to bait and switch. You need to sometimes dying is better than, than staying alive and doing nothing. You know, like there's there's a right and wrong way to play Call of Duty and and that's the difference. Like people just don't understand what the right and wrong way is, um, and it's very annoying when people clearly don't watch the game and they talk about stats. Like, you can't you can't just not watch COD and then go bring up a stat sheet and be like, well, this kid has this KD, and this kid has this KD, and be like, he's better than him. If you're not watching a game and you're not seeing the plays that somebody's making around the map, then there's no right for you to talk at all about somebody's KD yep, or about cut. somebody's stats. What's the point of watching a game, or what's the point of reading a stat sheet if you don't watch the games? It makes absolutely no sense. I agree uh, for sure.
2: It's not like the pros don't do that, though, sometimes. Like, there's yeah, definitely well, been the, cases where...
0: There's pros, you know... there's pros who play for stats, Rab. There's, pro, there's pros yeah, who have no idea what it is. takes to win. They have no idea what it takes to win, and they will do anything to make themselves look better. I mean, it happens all the time. It's selfishness. It's it's how it is, which is why when you find somebody like Asim or some other of these other unselfish players who don't give a fuck about that, you keep them. <laughs> you hold on to them, and when people criticize you for, oh, why are you doing this or why are you doing that? Just like Asim wasn't even going to get on the team in the beginning of the year, you laugh. You sit there and you laugh because you're like, listen, I don't give a fuck what the fuck this, K- this kid's KD is. You guys aren't watching the same game I am. Um, and I think that's the main thing. I think that's uh, the main thing when it comes to like picking up talent or people like reading the game and reading stats. like They just don't understand how to do it. Um, but let's see. Uh, let's go. We got if MP is sticking to gunsmith style attachment system permanently... Uh, do you think there's some kind of GA system only two or three attachments or dev support for comp and, and LP that can instead uh Im- what the fuck is that word
1: emulate a emulate pick 10, pick no. 10 can system we, this, what the this fuck kind is that of play, like 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 translate like I I don't agree with that cuz it's like you don't want to make two different games that's how we end up in this situation always where unlike a game like counter strike where the casual players are playing the same game as the pros like we don't want two different games so, I agree, pick ten's probably a better system for competitive. Um, but, like, G-ing it so you can only have, like, two or three attachments. is just, like, dig at the levels that I don't think G should be going.
0: You idiots in the chat, Zuma, you literally just said you played the best thing uh, with Optic, with the best KD against... I was a main entry sub player. If I have the best KD running in first, being that main entry sub player, running around with a SOG, being, baiting, and, and having the most engagements on a map, I am frying that is what I mean when I say watch the game and read the stats based off the game. Guys, if I was a main sub player in my career, clearly you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Listen, just keep keep listening to me because you guys are lost. You guys are fucking lost. Listen, if a main sub player is baiting and, and being, for instance, Asim, if Asim has a 1.0 or more with the way he plays, he is frying. That is, a, you know how easy it is to play with somebody like that? I don't think you guys understand. Like, I don't think you guys get it. Um, somebody like Scump. If Scump has a 1.1, he is frying. Like he's fucking doing his fucking thing. Like the bro, there's different roles to Call of Duty. There's different ways to read stats. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys don't understand. You guys don't fucking understand. And the fact that I just had a fucking copy pasta of you guys spamming that shit in the chat just goes to show that people are lost. People are fucking lost, and people really gotta fucking you know. I, I don't know how many times I gotta say it till you know the fans start educating themselves a little bit more. Abezy, right? I see Danny Looney talking about Abizi, He's another one. Uh, Abezy's another one who's on another fucking. With the way Ibiza he plays, He's
1: like an outlier, bro. Like the, with the way he plays. He plays the plays. He puts up is actually like.
0: You used the Maddox? No, I did insane. not. No, I did not. Against the G series, I had a Sog. You go back and watch it. Against the Genji with Optic, I used a uh, Sog. I, I did not use Maddox. I think I used Maddox for for a control or something, but in the heart points and shit, I use a Sog. He's a Sog. And regardless, it doesn't matter. With the way I play, it doesn't matter what gun I have. I'm always I'm very unselfish. It's how I've always played. That's how I've always fucking played. Um say whoever started that copy pasta and whoever fell into that trap and did that copy pasta, you fucking suck. Fuck you. Uh, and, learn and, learn and Dan, how to and read stats.
1: And Dan saying Rise Looney would talk about what Looney did in World War II. He's another one. Dan, Dan was playing a role where a lot of times he was hitting routes and he was putting a lot of position where he's winning a lot of ones without teammate backup he's not always gonna win those gunfights but when he did win those gunfights through most most of the time nine out of ten times 95 out of a hundred times they were very impactful gunfights that right. won his uh, team squad and they would set up correctly right, so uh, its context is important here
0: and we're not saying don't talk about kd who the fuck said? Who the fuck said? Hey, don't ever talk about KD. Did Ben not say? Hey, KD means something. I mean, if somebody's dropping a .5 or somebody's doing this. Hey, KD matters. It just doesn't matter the way people talk about it. Like people don't talk about it in the right context. People don't talk about it the right way. That's why it's so hard to explain because people just don't get it. They don't fucking understand it. Um, and it's very annoying to talk about it because people. Don't, uh, ben, how else do you explain it? Because it seems like people they're a little lost. I don't know, Tom. I don't know. Let's find another question. If you were a GM for one of the bottom teams, would you rebuild the whole roster? If if your answer is yes, then which players would you want on your team? 100%. If my team was in the bottom four, I would get rid of the whole fucking team. Unless somebody was completely just a superstar player that just needed help. But for the most part, I'm rebuilding. Just rebuild. Find a whole new team. It depends, right? You got a lot of talented challengers. Um, if you have like a couple players that you want to keep, keep. Um, you could definitely get a whole new look to the team. I don't know if you yep. guys agree with me, but that's what I would do.
2: I'll give you a man I'd want to get on my team. I'd get Trey Leroy Morris. He'd be one of the first guys I'd be hitting up because he's out there right now in a tough spot. Obviously, couldn't make it work on London this season. If he can't get out to the States, he'd be a pretty key piece I'd want to build around, I think, especially if my a team like London, had a tough time. Um, obviously, they didn't even have him anyway, but I'd want to get him back in regardless because at his best, he's super flexible player, won championships, at least one and um can be a great piece of a team i think it has done it with like so many different roles so for me if i was london i would get maybe i'd keep like paul x or something i'd obviously want to keep afro i guess um and i'd get zero in and i i'd probably get nasty in for the european challenger side because i think he's absolutely disgusting yeah. yeah so that's uh that's the way i'd probably do as
0: a gm yeah there's a lot of good players i mean we'll we'll end it with one more question um again i was trying to find the questions that were that were liked the most um but it's very difficult on twitter because they're all over the place but we'll end it here do you think we will see uh will we will ever see full challengers teams get picked up to a cdl spot like what wester were trying to do at the beginning of the year and you think that there is a combination of four teams who could take the spots of the bottom four and do better in the league um no I don't see a full challengers team coming in. There's I, just I, nobody in challenges. The, the fucking challengers teams they change every fucking week. Every week there's a new <laughs> yeah. fucking roster. There's new fucking people. Yeah, people came in. Hey bro, you had a team like Wester, I was who, say, who yeah. won four That's or what five events. About at the yeah, time. they won four or five events in the beginning of the year, and they did they did that on each other after a couple of bad weeks. It's like these guys have no idea what it takes to be a professional and and stick through rough times. And instead, they just blow up the whole fucking team. Everything, every time things have just hit the fan. There's too many egos down in Challengers. Everybody thinks you're the best, which I guess is not a bad mindset to have. Because in order to be the best, you got to think you're the best.
1: It's a passion but, pit.
0: It's a passion pit. It's a passion pit, and it's just all over the place. And you'll you will never see a full Challengers team just coming into a, a CDL team. If they do, I'll be mind blown. I'll be mind blown. What do you think, Ben?
1: I don't. I don't think you might see like two or three from from like a challengers team maybe be the piece and then they pair that with a veteran. But I never think you're gonna see like a four full challengers players, at least in the next couple of years, uh, go to a CDL lineup just like right in the off season. I think mechanically it'll always be difficult.
0: Paul got picked up, they didn't break up. No, nah, that's not true. Easter bro- broke up before Paul got picked up, did they not? Or Western, like was that, it
2: Western or was it split, Easter? They, they were they were kind of splitting Wester, at that point. because like a zap like. Yeah, that was, drama. <laughs> that was
0: there, drama. There's a
1: lot of shit that went down there. Bro, I mean, dude, everybody's saying, saying it, Venom lot.
0: got picked up, and it's a, bro, they all got picked up after they yeah. fucking broke up. After they broke, they were already they already broke up, and and that's exactly my point. They got got they all got picked up individually. Nobody got picked up as a full team. Like, they didn't bring the whole fucking Wester. I I can't even remember. Was it Wester or Easter? I can't. These it fucking. It was Wester at the start. Yeah, yeah Wester. <laughs> and, Western, and then
1: that's when Easter formed The I don't know, Wester Easter. That's a lot of BS to me, but. Yeah, regardless, yeah. regardless, yeah, I agree with your theory. Like, there's been a lot of shuffling. You know, for example, Jimbo's back now playing, so teams have shuffled now to have him on a roster, and I'm sure there'll be more shuffles before the elite. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see. I would be very surprised if we see a CDL team next year just pick up four four players from an entire amateur team.
0: I mean, I can see it. I can definitely see it. It's just like, what the fuck? I don't know if it'll all be from one team. I don't know. I, I could see them p- making a team of challengers, but, it, you know, they'll pick and choose where who they're going to pick up. Uh, pick yeah. up. Um, and they might mix it in with some uh, with some players that are already in the league. I don't know. Hey, I could see it happening. I just don't think it's going to happen, but I could be wrong. Uh, but at the end of the day, we'll see. But I think that's going to do it for the show today. We've been going for, you know, uh, I don't know, a little bit now. We've been going for a like hours. an hour
1: and a half. It was a pretty long show. Yeah, long we're show. Gonna, we're going to be live uh, all day this week. We'll do one after. Are, like, Tom, are you going to the land?
0: I'll be back for the show. We'll be doing the show every single day, guys. After the after the matches, as always, you do, you know we'll, we'll keep it consistent here and, and yeah. keep it fucking moving, guys. I'm really excited just because we're on land and we have you know an even playing field and we have you know guys back on that in that element on on the big stage. So I think this week is going to be re- really exciting, um, not just for the games but for the show as well. I think we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of these people perform. Um, I appreciate you guys tuning in um again i know a lot of you people agree or disagree with a lot of our takes but that's the whole fucking point all right mm-hmm. uh so i hope you guys have enjoyed the show we tried to answer as many questions as we could i mean I, there's literally hundreds of questions that came in and i appreciate you guys um we'll definitely get you guys in next time make sure to keep asking questions we'll do more uh q a's on on uh the twitter handle so make sure you guys go follow the flank on twitter go to anchor.fm slash the flank um go to twitch.tv slash maven and go drop on follow because he's a fucking goat he's still in the chat um, hey guys, just thank you so much for watching. I love you guys. Shout out to Tactical Rab. Hey, Rab, you're the fucking man. I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate um, it, boys. It was a good time. Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. And, and as always, guys, you, uh, you know, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, make sure to go drop it, show some love. And Ben, go ahead and close that with a fucking putt. Alright, let's get it done. <laughs> let's get it fucking done. Can we get a win in a Can we get a win? Ladies and gentlemen, let's watch this guy sink a putt. Does he got the slippers on today? what's he oh he's got the slippers on he's got the slippers on today no socks no nothing damn ben damn ben what the fuck ben kind of (laughs) thick how are you gonna say that (laughs) ben kind of thick in this fucking thing Ben, he's gonna step up to the play he's gonna line it up he's gonna get it to form he's gonna step on the green he's gonna put in some practice shots he's gonna step into it he's going to Put this one, and he's going to... Oh, miss no it. he comes up short, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ben is choking. Ben is choking. He's going to give it a second go, but currently 0-1 on the day. He's going to line it up. He's going to strike it. He's going to shake the pop, but unfortunately leaves it short. Ben J to see what happened.
1: I never, I never leave the putt short, but it's all good. What
0: happened, Ben? What happened? Your touch was too delicate today.
1: It was too delicate. I didn't hit that first one, good. I, it felt weird the minute I hit it. But the second one, we just aced it. So it No
0: all way, Ben. No fucking way. Hey, yeah. regardless, I appreciate you, bro. I appreciate everybody who came in and uh, showed love during the show today. Uh, we're going to call it, but I will see you guys live after the matches. I'll continue to stream for like another hour or so, but I am doing dinner with the with the squad tonight. We're, all, we're doing like a team dinner tonight, so... Won't be able to stream too much longer. But, you know, we'll have some fun. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, I love every single one of you. Zoom Mafia all day of the week. Let's get a Woo Mafia in the chat. I'll see you guys tomorrow after the matches. Have a good day.
1: Peace.